0: When adoptive families come to the hospital and it's that that time, that pinnacle in every adoption journey for the adoptive family, Mm -hmm. when they arrive at the hospital and their birth mother is going into labor or maybe she's already had the baby and you get to hold that precious baby for the first time, so many emotions flood your head. And this, I'm not speaking of personally. I'm speaking professionally because I have witnessed it time and time and time again. Yes, certainly. And it is the most beautiful sight I've ever seen. I will say that I have seen a wide range of emotions. Okay. There is so much joy and happiness. But sometimes there is fear as well. Sometimes there is almost some confusion because everything has come to a head. And so when you have this dream and this fantasy of being a mother and you've dreamed about it your entire life and maybe you've struggled with fertility or you have found out that you just cannot have children and you make the adoption decision and you... Start with your home study and you find your agency and then you're chosen by a birth mother. And then you have walked her pregnancy with her
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and you've now reached the pinnacle. You're at the top of Mount Everest.
1: This is the culmination of everything. Of everything. Okay.
0: That moment, I don't think anybody can totally prepare themselves for. Let me give you an analogy. Okay. When you were in high school, did you go to prom? I did. Okay. When you were younger, now for guys it's different than girls. It is. But you always hear about
1: prom. how romantic it is. Oh, and how amazing it is. Thing. It's gonna be
0: the night of your life. And it's it never
1: lives up to the expectation.
0: Ever. Right. Ever, ever, ever. And it's not that seeing your newborn won't live up to the expectation, but it's not going it's not always what you anticipate.
1: Right. You have a vision in your head. And nothing is going to be exactly like that vision. Whether, you know, I mean, it's still beautiful and it's still It's going wonderful. to be an
0: amazing, beautiful experience. Right.
1: But it's like, oh, I thought you'd be standing over there and, you know, this would be here and the clouds would open up somehow in the hospital. And I
0: didn't. Right. Absolutely. Right. And I didn't know the baby was going to cry the first time I held the baby. Why, why and... would it cry? Correct.
1: <laughs> okay. I gotcha.
0: There's also fear if the birth mother has not signed her final adoption Mm consents. And you also may be very stressed. Maybe you don't have a lot of experience being around newborns. Maybe you thought all your maternal instincts would kick in and you would just
1: be super mom or super dad. Right. And that's not what's happening. Or you don't know if that's what you don't even know. You're scared. Correct. Oh. It's it's almost as if time
0: freezes for a couple moments. Okay. You have a blur of these mixed emotions. I've had families tell me everything from they were sad because as they're looking at this beautiful baby, it's not biologically theirs, okay. and they have a moment of grief. I've had families tell me that they never thought that they would be scared of a newborn. The responsibility was immediately overwhelming. I've had families tell me that they became almost depressed for a couple moments because Mm -hmm. their entire life just changed. Life as they knew it was now over.
1: Right. This is now a new segment.
0: There's no going back. And Mm -hmm. so these emotions, people don't talk about. Everybody talks about the beautiful moment. They handed me the baby. We bonded instantly. I knew she was supposed to be mine the minute I saw her. And this is this glorious moment. And that's what we want it to be. And we do everything as an adoption agency and as adoption professionals to try to make it that moment. And preparing adoptive families for what this really is. And taking all of the Hollywood out of it and all of the Hallmark movies oh. and explaining that you may have to work at bonding with your newborn. You may have to work at finding your own pattern as a mother, as a father. You may have to you know, learn and ask questions and admit that you don't know everything right. and that you're not bonding instantly. One of the reasons that adoption agencies do post-placement reports after the baby's born is, is not to judge, it's to help, it's to provide resources, it's to, to talk to you and say, hey, if you need counseling or, you know, maybe try, you know, kangarooing more with the baby and and those kinds of things. So skin on skin contact is okay. kangarooing. It's where I you put the baby on your chest, right. skin to skin, okay. so that it, it helps form a, a bond between you and the baby. Right. So there's lots of things that adoption professionals can do to kind of help ease you into that transition. Okay. Now, when you had your biological son, Mm -hmm. your very first child, did you bond instantly?
1: Uh, Probably not bond. Um, Obviously, I thought, wow, this is a beautiful baby. But I think I was. I, I felt that whole overwhelmed feeling of... Am I up to this task? Can I do this? You know, so for so long, you see adults as a kid and you think, they got it all together. They know what they're talking about. Then when you become an adult and you start talking to your peers who are also adults, you realize, no, they're all idiots to some degree or another. They're not the people that have everything together. Nobody has everything together. But I was terrified. I thought, how can I raise a son? I'm, I'm a child myself. And, uh, well, somehow I got lucky and he raised himself or something. No, you did
0: a great (laughs) job, but you know, as, as a biological mother, Mm -hmm. I will tell you that when you have, when you give birth and you have the baby and they place a baby in your arms, nature does have a way. And and this is medically proven that hormones increase to make you instantly protect the young and you have this instinct that doesn't mean that you're going to know how to change a diaper immediately
1: or anything like that. Right. You need to learn still. Right? Correct.
0: But as a father, that's why I was asking because, you know, the child didn't come out of you. Right. And, and you those, didn't have there those wasn't hormones. that hormone yeah. rush.
1: Correct. Um, no, it it was difficult. And I would say for quite a period, I felt like, am I doing anything right? Am I doing changing a diaper right? Or am I holding him right? Am I supporting his neck the way I should? And, All those things. And I thought, what if somebody, I mean, I always, through my whole life, have looked at things like, somebody's going to see this and realize I'm faking it. You know what I mean? I know
0: exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean.
1: So, yeah, I was not a confident father, especially in the beginning.
0: Was it the newborn phase that made you nervous?
1: It was, yeah, probably. Probably. Because, you know, now there's a life that's somewhat dependent on 100% me.
0: 100% dependent on you.
1: You know, I mean, I had a wife at the time, so I'll say 50%. But uh, it was scary. Yeah. I don't know how he survived, but he did. So, cool. He survived because you did a good job. Well, at the beginning, I'm telling you, I was I was scared and iffy, like any new parent probably is. But I thought I was the only one that didn't know what the hell they were doing.
0: No. You were just like everybody else. I, you know, I I will tell you a story of a family. We had, as an agency, there was a mother that had delivered and the family couldn't get out in time before the baby was discharged. So I had the baby uh, with me when the adoptive family came to uh, the state of Arizona Mm -hmm. to come and, and pick up their child. And when they came... Uh, They arrived in the middle of the night and were just so excited to see their baby that we we couldn't ask them to wait. I mean, they were just over the moon. Right. And they had done all of the classes and learned how to change diapers, how to feed and burp and hold and put a baby in a car seat and all those things. And the hospital also teaches you those things, Mm -hmm. even as an adoptive parent, when you're there. They do like a quick baby care class. And we always recommend they take them prior as well.
1: Now, is this a new thing? No? Okay.
0: You don't remember the baby care I class? I
1: don't remember a baby care class. Whatsoever. Well, it's not a
0: class in the traditional sense. Like, they come in and they just go over things with you. Like a uh, nurse. Oh, maybe.
1: Okay. Just kind of like, okay. And sometimes is-
0: they have you watch a video?
1: Mm-hmm. No, I did not watch a video. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: No, no. You're fine. And, and again, this is not the formal class. This is like a real brief. But, so, I, ha- you know, we hand the baby over and the adoptive mother is just over the moon. I let her know I had just finished feeding the baby, so if she wanted to go ahead and burp the baby, that's the transition that we were at. Mm-hmm. And her eyes just went blank, and she had this deer in headlights look. She's like, "I don't know how to burp a baby." And I said, yeah, "Of course you do. You took the class." And she just had this fear, like, "I, I, I don't." So I took the baby from her and I showed her how to burp the baby, and then I let her finish, and she she did just fine. Right. And then um, I had to help them change the baby because again, it was that moment of. When you walk into the test and you just go blank. Right. And I knew that everything would come right back. And um,
1: Once she started yes. getting hands-on with it.
0: Once she started believing in herself that and too. trusting that she knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And to know that she was going to do just fine. She did. I checked on them uh, first thing in the morning and then, you know, throughout the next she couple days. She was She was doing great. Right. Baby was doing great. And it's just, you have to believe in yourself. This is something that... that people can do
1: and people have done for millions of years that's another thing that uh, you just kind of brought back to me not only okay so say you got these classes which are just you know kind of little instructional here's how you burp a baby blah 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 but not only that but you get say your mother-in-law saying okay you need to do this and then your mother saying okay and you also need to and you're inundated with all of this information and it That was another fear of mine, like, I'm never going to remember half of this, much less all of it. And I'm going to do something and break this thing. And so that was another part of it is so much information coming from so so many different directions. Yeah.
0: You know, I think that's a really good point because I do think that, especially when you're a first-time parent, you are inundated with information because everybody Mm. wants to help. Right. Right. But then you you when you're around that person, you want to show them that you're taking their advice, even <laughs> so you're though doing it's what contradictory said, to what somebody else said.
1: And heaven forbid the two are in the same room at the same time.
0: Right, and that can be <laughs> and and people people can be a little judgmental. I mean, mm-hmm. i I was always a binky fan. People call them pacifiers. We always called them right. binkies. And some people are very anti binkies. Some people are very anti thumb sucking. And you know, it it's one of those things that you just kind of have to go with what you believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, I I nursed three of my kids, well, two of my kids until they were two and a half, and mm-hmm. then one of my children until she was 15 months, and then not as long on the first one. And so you have to do what's right for you. Right. So I'm a huge proponent of parent your child as you feel is best for you and for your child. And I will tell you, when I delivered my my fourth my son, my fourth child. I was nursing him and, you know, at that point I I had it down. When the lactation specialist came in and nurses came in, they would and they learned that it was my fourth child. They didn't even say anything. They just spun out and headed right out. Yeah. It wasn't even (laughs) check the box. And they didn't even ask. I mean they didn't had I had questions, which I didn't, I would have felt really dumb at that point because they'd already expected me to know so much. And I think that is what adoptive parents n- need to make sure that they don't feel is that people assume they know something mm-hmm. and they don't they're not dumb or nothing's wrong with them asking nobody's going to judge them or think they shouldn't be parents it's okay right you know every child's different my last child was a boy where I'd had three biological girls prior and so, so there's a lot of differences just there in was that. yes a lot of differences you know Especially in diaper changing. I mean, that Mm -hmm, was completely different.
1: Circumcision going on a lot All that kind of stuff. And,
0: And, you know, they pee really differently. And, you know, (laughs) you learn that real quick. (laughs) So, and he got me once. So I learned real quick. Right. And it was very different. (laughs) Only once.
1: That's impressive.
0: Yes. So as you're going through your time at the hospital and that those first moments with the baby that lead on to more time with the baby and then discharge... And you find yourself grieving, grieving for the loss of your old life, grieving for the fact that this wasn't you who biologically had the baby. Mm. This wasn't you who carried the baby in your stomach and, you know, you never felt the baby kicking inside of you. Those are normal grief reactions. It's okay to feel those, but accept it as grief. And, you know, one of the ways to get through grief is to acknowledge that you're grieving, even if it's to your spouse to somebody that you trust and want to talk to, or a counselor, and just process that.
1: Sometimes it helps just to get it out, even it if does. there's no advice coming after. It's just, okay, I had to release that.
0: Correct. And it's okay to reassure yourself that the baby's doing fine as you're learning how to communicate with your newborn, and whether that's you know the way you're holding your child or feeding your child, looking in your child's eyes. Mm-hmm. That's what your child needs, and that's and that's bonding, and that's forming an attachment with your child. If you are struggling with those things, that's where you need to reach out for help. You know, you want to make sure that your child's not only are the basic needs being met, but that you are starting to form a connection.
1: Okay.
0: If you're not, that's where professionals can help you. That doesn't mean that you weren't meant to be this child's mother. Right, or, or you're the, doing
1: something wrong. Right.
0: It's just... It's something that's happening that you need some help getting through, and this mm-hmm. too shall pass. Just accepting that this baby is one hundred percent reliable on you is a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. I remember when I I purchased uh, two gerbils for my daughter, and we're walking out of the pet store, and these are gerbils. I mean, these are rodents that a hundred years ago people would kill if they walked, you know, if they mm-hmm. crawled into their house, right. And we're walking out, and we're holding this little, like, wonton box with these two gerbils in it. I remember thinking, this is a lot of responsibility. <laughs> I mean, and I'm it telling is. her, I'm telling my daughter, who at the time is 13, I'm like, don't forget to feed these. These are living creatures, 100% dependent on you. And remember, the water bottle, and you're going to have to change the cage. And I'm thinking, we got to keep these, these little guys alive. And, you know, she's beaming and she's, you know, jumping up and down next to me and is so excited about these gerbils. And I'm thinking, wow,
1: this is an awesome
0: responsibility. And so, you know, I think adding a child into your family is beautiful, but it's also overwhelming. And I think not to acknowledge the depth and the grandiose amount of feelings and the thoughts that are going through your head would be crazy to not, especially, right. This has been built up for so long.
1: Absolutely, like a Not wedding, just,
0: like a wedding day or a prom. I mean, this is huge. This is right. life this changing. this isn't
1: just you know even the adoption journey. In a lot of cases, this is since they were a little girl or a little boy, they wanted to have a child and be a mother or father.
0: Right. This changes so your status as everything. a person. Mm-hmm. You're no longer just a friend, a daughter, a sister. Now you're a mother, mm-hmm. and that is a beautiful title that comes with a lot of responsibility. Absolutely. I often get asked, what is the difference between bonding and attachment? How would you describe the difference?
1: So I see bonding as more of an intimate thing than just attachment. Attachment is just a mother and child or father and child, in my case, where it's kind of a necessity-based thing, whereas a bond is more an emotional, love, kind of deeper meaning between two people. Right.
0: So you hear the term, I like to practice attachment parenting. Okay. Attachment parenting is often spoken about, and it's a a parenting philosophy that proposes methods which to aim to promote the attachment of a parent and infant, not only by maximal parental empathy and responsiveness, but also by continuous body closeness and touch. A lot of ways that this is achieved is you see people wearing their babies Mm -hmm. and I loved those. I loved the slings and the baby front carriers. And I would, you know, clean the house with my baby in a front back or in a sling. Mm -hmm. And so just keeping your baby close to you is one of the ways that you can just promote attachment and bonding. And I really recommend Using some of those techniques.
1: Yeah, looking into this and
0: seeing what works for you. Correct. Especially if you find yourself struggling a little bit because, again, keeping the baby close to you will help, you know, fire up those instincts and mm-hmm. fire up those maternal, that maternal drive. And that and that's what needs to happen to help kind of overcome some of those struggles that you might be having.
1: We have a Pregnancy Crisis Hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112 or you can call our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing and started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or give you more information. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, written and Produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me, Ron Raines. If you enjoy this podcast, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thanks to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time for Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines, and we'll see you then.